Hello and welcome to the Curious Body podcast. We're here in Portugal, finally. If you've been following, you know that I moved from London to Portugal to live a slower life, to take more time to live out the Dharma. Although it's very hard work because I'm also building a house at the same time. Um, and literally, I mean building a house, me, my husband and our bestie, our best friend, are working together to build an eco house out of shipping containers and recycled water and we'll have solar panels and wind power and our own farm. So I'll keep everyone updated about that. I will also make a documentary about how to do it. Uh, mistakes, of course, and you know, all these little moments because I'm sure that many people would like to change their lives and live simpler and perhaps use less energy and be more conscious and just live more, I guess. It's beautiful here. If you search for Manjunto, M-O-N-T-E-J-U-N-T-O, then you can find my approximate location. I'm also taking interviews live in Portugal, so if you want to connect, I'd be more than happy to see you and we can chat face to face about anything spiritual, anything awakening, mind, society, all that good stuff. So today is a little Dharma talk. Just some things I've been noticing and we never really know what's going to happen in these talks because they are a little prepared but quite spontaneous. So, liking and disliking, pleasure and pain, self and no self. These are the topics the Buddha explored more than any other person any other religion on the face of the earth and he presented them in a way that makes them accessible to anybody and it's not just turning things over in your head all the time because we do that anyway the Buddha made practical steps like the Eightfold Path the Four Noble Truths, to be able to use them and not just psychologize them. So what is practical about what the Buddha mentioned on liking and disliking? So in our lives, every day, you can notice that we like and we dislike things. So Oh, you can take any example. If you have a husband or wife or partner or a boss or a neighbor, which everybody does, one of those things, sometimes they do things that we don't like. So, for example, your partner runs in front of you when you're going to the fridge to grab some food and maybe they grab what you were going to grab and you dislike it. That was your food. That was your intention. 
and it's not a big deal but subtly you have this feeling this sort of angst and you can go all the way from the smallest thing to the largest thing but then after that the food thing happened okay and now you go outside you're taking a walk and you breathe in the fresh air like and you have this beautiful feeling inside and you like it all day we're fluctuating between liking something disliking something or feeling neutral about it now the problem is the grasping at the liking and repeating the liking and trying to avoid the disliking and neutral things don't really impact us so they kind of uh, sweep over us and this happens on the physical level the mental level and the emotional level so instead of trying to pull in what we like or push away what we don't like we can try acceptance and that can get pretty crazy and uncomfortable because we're used to our habit patterns we're used to what we're used to and if it's unfamiliar it can arouse fear in us it can arouse anxiety it can arouse feelings of shame or guilt or anything that we consider negative but these are totally 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 human human emotions human feelings and we have to experience them otherwise they will come up larger later or we won't be able to get past certain uh, difficulties in our lives I have an example because it took two weeks to be able to set up pretty much the basic necessities of life moving from one country to another without a place to really live like we didn't have a house ready we just have empty shipping containers and some some of our favorite things like my paintings and sleeping bags and things like this so we needed to set up water we needed to set up a system where we can generate electricity to power tools without plugging into the grid so generators things like this and coming all the way until now two weeks I haven't had time to practice the Dharma and that's a shame because uh, I have to learn to survive again which is cool I'm cool with that I've done it before I can do it again but today I decided to practice the Dharma and see where my mind was and what it was doing and through all my actions and this that and the other so let's take a simple example <clears throat> I have a huge field now a field <laughs> that when I bought the field the grass was quite short and normal and manageable to my eyes when a few months passed and we came back the first day we arrived after driving for about 24 hours or something crazy the grass was uncanny unmanageable 
It was like walking into a jungle. And immediately, all of our legs were filled with these cuts, the spiky, thorny bushes that I didn't know were there, were there. And my legs were filled with all these cuts. On the first day, I was bleeding everywhere. And as time went on, I learned that we needed to manage this so we could walk anywhere to prepare ourselves. So recently, my husband and I have been doing garden work. He's cutting with some crazy, crazy blade machine by hand that I can't use because he's afraid I'll cut myself in a worse way. And I'm raking. So as I'm raking, sometimes I still get these thorns in my shins, in my calves. And even though I protect myself, I'm wearing wellies, I'm wearing big socks, and it's blazing hot. When I cut myself, I don't like it. I don't like it. There's, it's painful, it, you have to take care of it, it gets in the middle of your work, it's not cool. So I'm noticing when I get cut by these thorns, my dislike, my dissatisfaction with that. And that is based on survival because I believe I'm my body, if my body is hurt, injured or dies, I can't carry on working, I can't carry on surviving, and I think that I will die myself, which is not actually true. So I analyzed this, and I decided to accept whenever I got cut that I got cut, notice it, and do what I need to do and carry on. And it was much lighter. You know, I got cut. Okay, so what? Don't have to make a big deal about it. Now, another thing I noticed about my mind is that I've been projecting that this field is hard work. It is. I mean, in one day, we can get about one-eighth of the field cleared. Maybe even less than that. So... I'm used to the city life and everything happening quickly, so in my mind it's like, I want this finished. I see the finished product, but the hard work is in between. So in my head, I'm like, I'm doing really hard physical labor. And that makes my mind tired. I'm sure that you've come across this as well. And... There's some dogs here. Hey. Hey. There's lots of guard dogs in Portuguese houses. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure why. Because there's nothing really to guard. So barking all the time. Okay. So this field is hard work in my head, which makes me tired. I'm sure that you have a similar experience when you foresee some big project 
you immediately become tired or overwhelmed. So I watched that and I decided to notice how I felt when I was doing the physical labor. And then I remembered I'm just on a field raking some things as similar to taking a walk or doing dancing, doing something physical, but it doesn't have to make me mentally tired. So I noticed that as well. So these little liking and disliking ooh, these little liking and disliking moments happen all the time and they really affect us. But we don't have to be affected by the liking and disliking moments. We can notice them, carry on, and notice them again and carry on. And like that, you're practicing the Dharma. We're noticing what is happening in our head and deciding to buy into it again or to change the way we view it. And the more that we do this, the more light we feel. The more we know, the more light we feel, the better we feel. So that's liking and disliking. Now along with that, this is where the concept of not self comes in. So there's self and not self. Selfing is when we're liking or disliking, when we're holding on or pushing away something. So when we identify with what we like or don't like, then this creates a self or a feeling of this is happening to me and I can't help it and this is how I am, this is how I feel, and all of these projections. And I think this is also very natural for human beings because we've been trained like this. If somebody does you wrong, you get angry, you get upset, you get defensive, even the most subtle, subtle thing. It's in our DNA in our genetics as biological human bodies to defend. That's what we've been doing forever. However, we need to change if we want to progress spiritually because it's not about biological survival. It's about being the best, most open, skillful and aware being that we can possibly be on planet earth and this is not only good for ourselves, but good for each other and the expansiveness of consciousness self and not self it's not so it's not so mysterious actually we are mostly just identifying 
and holding on to that which serves us sometimes and that which doesn't sometimes. So have a think about what you notice, your patterns in your mind, your activity and your reactivity. There's nothing wrong with habits, actually. There's nothing wrong with repeating anything because it would be impossible to be 100% creative and, you know, if I want to fly, I can fly. It's not like that yet <laughs> with our technology. But with that which does not serve you on a higher level, if you can change it, and influence it by catching it, then do that. If you can't, then let it go and it will go in its own time. The Buddha and the Vedas in Sanatana Dharma talk about karma and how karma is a natural law. So it's not like you're influencing karma and you have control over karma. It's what's happening and the better your energy becomes at letting things come, letting things go and take their natural course, the more the karmic seeds are influenced to sprout in different ways. So. Uh, for example, I was born in the USA to these certain parents. I didn't consciously choose that from what I can remember. None of us chose to be born. We come into the world and that's that. So now what do I do with that? There's certain behaviors I've adopted and certain thought patterns since childhood that really influence the way I am today and everybody has this same mechanism really so there's nothing to be ashamed of and there's nothing to be guilty about with karma it is what is and actually it's beautiful and perfect the way it is so Karma being the natural law. Can be changed. By intention. But some of it also just needs its own time. Because we can't do what we can't do. Especially if we don't know what we don't know. So there are layers of ourselves operating under the surface that cannot be readily figured out. I don't know exactly why I eat a certain way. So I have a very specific diet. Uh, I'm sure everybody has a very specific diet. Some care more, some care less. We have a lot of beliefs about diet. It's what keeps us alive. 
Uh, but I'm one of these super healthy eaters and drinkers. Um, so if I have a choice, I will eat and prepare a meal myself at home. I eat a lot of raw food. I don't go out because I don't know what's in the food, usually. And yeah, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables. I eat when I'm hungry, not just because. And these are my behaviors. So the point is I'm trying to make is that I don't know exactly where these came from. I just picked them up along the way in my life based on my experiences. And here we are. That's the way it is for me. Now, if that was a problem, which it's not at the moment, but if that was a problem, say I'm not getting enough vitamin C, then I might have to tweak my diet to include more of this, more of that to get my vitamin C. So karma operates on a level we don't completely understand, but there are subtle cues we can pick up and make changes within that range of karma. Also, I wanted to mention that in karma, there are very subtle things such as, I have to think of a good example here. Why, whenever there is sun outside, I become more relaxed. No, maybe that wasn't a good example. <laughs> Why? Do I get a specific memory every time I think of this one thing that reminds me of my dad, for example. And the memory has a lot of charged emotions. Just by being stimulated by a sign or signal, some, some little stimulus, I get all of these emotions and feelings. That is a trace of karma that I may be completely unaware of because I don't know exactly what prompted these emotions, why I feel that way about the memory of my dad, yada, yada, yada. So it can be very subconscious and very, very subtle, very tedious. And these are the seeds that we don't need to worry about so much because they're at a very very basic layer but 
obviously if you're skillful enough you can work with these as well I'm not I'm not poo-pooing it um, but I'm just saying don't beat yourself up if you don't know where these seeds have come from and don't beat yourself up because you have human emotions and uh, human faculties because we start as human and we become divine. It's not all at once. So meditation, whatever that means to you, whether sitting or walking or dancing or doing mantras, doing yoga, singing, anything you consider meditative will help uncover parts of yourself you have not previously worked with or have settled down enough to be able to work with. The entire point of meditation is to slowly but surely change these ways of being inside so that suffering ends and we are less concerned with the self and and liking disliking all of these little nuances that go on for each of us all the time every day and this will ultimately make our lives amazing and beautiful because there's nothing to change there's nothing we have to do there's nothing we can actually influence because there's no self to influence them to begin with so it all starts to unravel when you start to unravel and you start to become afraid or you start to resist just see that and keep up with the process of unraveling because it will pay off less resistance in the end because you know what resistance is and how it works for you less fear because you know how it operates and when it will show its face less guilt worry shame bad self-talk hoping things will be different or should be different than they are less judgment and this will create an expansiveness that is totally totally unimaginable to the ordinary mind and totally influential to how you are as a person and how we interact together on this earth. So I wish you the very best for today and all days. And I really hope that we can connect today and for all days. And I would say I have a great future, but there is none. So 
take it, take it, and we'll see you next time on the podcast. Don't forget to email at curiousbodhi at zoho.com. Peace, love, and sunshine.